So I'm assuming that about, what, 15 minutes into this episode, we'll both have the, the carb slump. The carb slump. Where you start digesting it all and go, Jesus, I'm tired. I'm always tired. Yeah, so that's, no, that's fine. True. Episode 9. Ep- episode 9. Episode 9. Of Pods. In the key. Of Springfield. So we're on to season 2 now. Mm-hmm. Season two of the um, little-known cult television series, The Simpsons. And am I right in saying this is the last season of The Simpsons? Um, you might be. I think there's about twenty-six more afterwards. Though. Oh, I always make that mistake. Yeah. Okay. It either ends now or forty-five <laughs> years from now. It either is now or potentially never. Yeah. No, well, that's fair. I mean, I I can see a future where The Simpsons outlives even us. The human race. Yes. <laughs> the, the Simpsons reach a point where it continues to make itself long after the humans have died. I mean, I don't know if you've seen uh, that Don Hertzfeld uh, couch gag that he did a few years ago that imagined the Simpsons like 40,000 years in the future, but it seems like a possibility. Where that- he's just abstract shake, uh, shaking a lot and saying, I am Simpson over and over again. Is Don Hertzfeld, is that Banksy's real name? Are you talking about the intro that Banksy did? I'm not talking about the intro that Banksy did, no. I'm talking about a different one. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that sort of seems to be the main way The Simpsons makes headlines these days. They get somebody famous or semi-famous to do their couch gag and Rick and Morty pop up and oh. do their little thing. And uh, Morty says, oh, geez, Rick. And then, yeah. Oh, cool. Television's all right. <clears throat> Speaking of television... Uh, Today we are looking at Bart gets an F, and, and I turned to you and said, I'm not going to make any jokes about the F being fucked, so I'm not going to. No, we're not going to make any jokes about that. No. So if that's what you've tuned in for, yep. don't ever come back to this podcast again. And that was not a case of check knobs fuck, by the way. <laughs> it's not going to come back. <laughs> And the the other episode? Uh, Simpson and Delilah. Samson and Delilah, the classical biblical tale reimagined. Yes. In The Simpsons. Exactly. Without deviation. Yes. I dropped my As is my understanding of religion. You don't need your pen. We're recording a podcast right now. What are you going to use your pen for? To fidget with. (laughs) Because I'm not one of these trendy new fidget spinning bloody espresso martini drinking millennials. By the way, I listened to one of the earlier episodes and I can very clearly hear you clicking your pen on it. Should I not do that? (laughs) Is it for the best that I drop my pen? Maybe it was a sound people enjoyed. Maybe it's comforting. I don't know. Well, maybe. I can't understand human psychology and neither can uh, any of the staff at Springfield Elementary based on this first episode. Ooh. Ooh. Bloody Jimmy Segway over here. Yep, that's what they called me in high school, because I rode that Segway around everywhere. Mm. Mm. Which is pretty impressive. Until I, I got think, hit by that car. Because I don't think the Segway was around in 2000 and 
five when you finished high school? I think it was. Wasn't it? Oh, maybe. Hang on. No, I'm not going to check. So, first question from Bart gets an F. You are, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast previously, so I'm not telling tales out of school here. Uh, You are a freelance video game journalist. Um, Indeed. One of your your roles. Yes. Um, Escape from Grandma's House, the video game that Bart's playing in the arcade before he studies. Is that a real video game, and what is your rating of it? Well, Nick... What is a real video game when we break it down? Isn't oh, I mean, one video you can... game content <laughs> fictional? I meant one you could buy in a shop. One you can buy in a shop. Or perhaps on an online shop, such as the Wii Store. <laughs> well, Nick, what is it to buy something, really? <laughs> I mean, are we really ever in ownership of the things we buy? Has uh, digital rights management not meant that our rights as consumers are slowly slipping away? Well, they would say that we're buying a license to the... Can you buy a license to play Escape from Grandma's House? Remember how you didn't used to need a license to play? Remember how children used to run around on the street with their jump ropes? And it does not exist. It is not a real game. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. <laughs> I did actually have a note about uh, yes. my work as a critic from this episode that had nothing to do with that scene as oh, well. Sure. In a very early scene... And the wheels have fallen off Jimmy Segway. You could have slipped straight in there instead of going, I've got something related, but completely separate. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the, the weird little link that we formed here. The, um, okay. Right at the start, we see Martian performing a Hemingway monologue. Yes. Whatever. Then we see, after that, Bart comes up to do his report on the book Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. And he simply describes what is on the front cover. Yeah. And then he says, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, and 5 being average, I give this book a 9. And the critic part of me really appreciated Bart saying that 5 was an average score. Mm. And that this was the average that apparently Treasure Island heavily deviates from. This is an argument I've heard you make before, because when people will say, you know... Oh, that game was only given 8 out of 10. That's not very good. And then you jump to the defense saying, 8's a really good score. And also the idea that average means bad is also an issue. But yeah. And or, it's very clear that Bud has read Treasure Island. He recognizes as a book about pirates and that they have uh, patches and green birds on their shoulders, yes. as he says. Mm. So obviously he has read it, which I have not. So who am I to call him on? any misinformation he might be spreading in this episode none as far as well i mean you are no one as far as i can tell no i'm not i do dream of an island of treasure though do you Ooh, what kind of treasure uh i mean to me real treasure is in friendship and i'm still looking for a friend i see yes well i think you need to get in touch with randy newman randy newman you got a friend in me. Yeah, you you're right. You got a friend in me. You're right. Having somebody who actually worked on Toy Story, we would have so much to talk about. <laughs> in this episode, <coughs> Bart very clearly has an undiagnosed learning difficulty. Yeah. And to me, it's, it hasn't been that long since I've seen this episode, a year and a half, but it was a lot... Uh, a lot more harrowing than I anticipated. Mm, I found I that too. Yeah. And there are some things that in this rewatching process that we kind of went through last year 
pre-podcast. Yeah. And then we put it on ice for, I don't know, 18 months before coming back to it with the podcast in mind. Yep. Um, I find I'm getting more and more affected by these, uh, by some of the storylines in these episodes. Mm. And um, is is that a sign of maturity? Because I don't want that. I'm a pop punk (laughs) kid. Maturity's gross. Well, I think sitting here with a pen in hand and watching these very intently and making notes and- I no uh, longer have my pen in my hand. I dropped it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got mine. I can- this, this pen doesn't even click, actually. I can take the lid off and on. And... Yeah. No, that's real good. Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess usually when we would watch a show like this, we'd sort of binge it. We would just, uh, we'd have, when I was living with you when we were watching these episodes, yes. to peek behind the curtain at the sad life that I have lived. We, uh, not that living with you was sad, but I was in a bad place at the time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> You saw me line up to swing then and went, fuck, I'd better step in. There would be a, I don't know, you would get home from work and I'd be sitting on your couch depressed and we would watch The Simpsons for like three or four hours. It's a very different Mm. way of engaging with content. Yes. Yeah, like sitting here and watching two episodes with a pen in hand and sort of writing down the things that strike me as interesting. Once I got to the second page, I was I was thinking, fuck, this episode is kind of intense. Bud is very clearly suffering really badly in this episode, mm. and he wants to do better, mm. and he can't because mm. he's not being given the tools that he needs yeah. to actually succeed here, Yeah, and nobody is really that interested in helping him, No, aside from the god that I suppose exists within the context of the Simpsons world. I've got a note about that. I've got several notes about that. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, especially when the the resolution to that problem is entirely unsatisfying. Yeah. Whereas he just says some stuff and happens to fall into passing a test. Um, and uh, but what I want to know, is that the Simpsons universe speaking to us or is that early 90s America speaking to us? The idea that the... Uh like the schooling system in general in this episode, do you oh, mean? Oh, the schooling system is fairly insane because yep. Bart's initial mark on the last test is a 59, yep. which I'm assuming, in the absence of any other context, has to mean 59%. Indeed. Which is an F in this system. And to me, that's a really high F. Yeah. Like, going back to, and look, I've been out of school for 13-ish years, but I'm pretty sure that... And F was like below 50, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think in when we were at school, prep <clears> school, <throat> affair was 49 or below. In high school, it was 40, 39 or below. 39 or below. I believe so. Wow. So not but, only is he 10 years old and has to study like reasonably high... Well, yeah, okay. the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, like I don't want to say high-level history because obviously there's more complex stuff that you can study in history, but for a 10-year-old, that seems extreme. And then they say, well, if you get, um, you know, below 60%, you've failed. That's a really high threshold. Yeah, and alarmingly not really high. how prep school tends to work. I think no. you need to be really flaming out badly before they consider holding you back in the fourth grade. No offense to anyone who was held back in the fourth grade. The system failed you. You didn't fail. Yeah. That's the reality of that situation. Damn right. You were not being given the help you needed in that situation, as Bart is not given in this episode. Exactly. The other thing is, 
I also work as a teacher, as you know. This is my other job, my other life. I do know that. Yep. And if a student has gotten a 59 on a test, and if they get a 60 on the test, they pass the entire fucking year of studies... You give them that extra mark. <laughs> you do not fucking draw the line at 59 and say, no, nope, they have to repeat the entire year. The entire year. Because they were one mark off on this one test from passing everything. It's a really good point. I, ha- I hadn't looked at it from that perspective, actually. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Speaking of things that are ridiculous, just giving back a moment to when Bart's in the arcade. Yes. Noiseland Arcade, by the way, is a great name for an arcade. Wonderful name. Is it just me, or is the idea of children being alone in public completely foreign to modern (laughs) society? Like, he's 10, and he's just hanging out at an arcade. I think I mentioned in an earlier episode, watching The Simpsons as a kid, I very much thought that kids in America just ran around and were... Well, they've got that song. When the kids in America, whoa... Let the kids and the men run. Whoa. Let your children run wild and free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how See? It it's in the song. Yeah. and it's... Completely foreign to us, though. But poor Bud in this fucking episode. At one point, uh, he's getting grilled by uh, Crabapple. Yes. And the school psychiatrist. And he says, all right, I am dumb, dumb as opposed. You think I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody suggests any way of him coping beyond just study harder. Yeah. And he's clearly studying pretty fucking hard, even though he struggles. Yes. Like, Bud is really trying throughout this entire episode to improve as a person. He really is. And, yeah, it, no, it's, it's not very good. And I found it very confronting when Dr. J, the school psychologist, when he referred to perhaps Bart's problem as a short attention span. Yeah. Because at that point, we were, what, six minutes into the episode, and I was looking at my phone for the second time in that episode. <laughs> and he said, short attention span. And I was just like, oh, sorry, Doctor. This is, I've, I've really done myself in here. At one point, to get out of a test, Bart fakes, what was it, Amoria flumbitis, I think the condition was called. Yeah. Which is uh, stomach pain, numbness in the arms, blindness, he can't see for (laughs) shit. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, what if Bart really does have this sickness? And what if... Oh, fuck. (laughs) Hear me out here. What if Bart... Yeah? ...is dead? From when? From... Well, from when he goes into the doctor. This was a real condition. Oh. And now he's dead. And the rest of the series... Hang on, what would happen to the rest of the series? Death Dream. A Death Dream? Death Dream. What, Bart's little memories? Like, his his little, his little subconscious mind? You know, if you read the Harry Potter books... Which... All of it. Which I haven't and won't. But all of it... It's just in the dying dreams... A little boy. The owl. Who wants to be a wizard. The owl? Can't be a wizard. Who? The owl can't be a wizard. Because he's an owl.
enjoyed that so much. Now, in this episode, <laughs> there is a scene where Bart talks to Otto, the bus driver, <laughs> about how he's worried that he's going to fail the fourth grade. Sure. And Otto says to him that he failed the fourth grade tro- uh, twice. Yes. And look at him now. Now he drives the school bus. Yes. Now, that quote... I and many other people I know now use as shorthand for success in general life. Oh, that you drive the school bus. Exactly. Now the idea of driving the school bus (laughs) is shorthand for later success in life. That's interesting and I like it. Um, I've actually got a note here for the way that the Simpsons ruined my life. Let's not get into that. Uh, The other thing... (laughs) No, I'm sorry. The first time I've ever got a note for one of our recurring segments. You know, there was a moment there where I was genuinely going to pass it by for a joke and i thought no 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 that's stupid let's well hang on let's rest on that verdict to see whether this is worth it because it might well be stupid um uh there's a noise bart makes when he's filling out the first test where he's got the fake answers off millhouse Mm. yep that noise i do for any menial task that's true you do make that noise Mm mm-hmm I hadn't made the connection that it was this specific episode. That specific noise. Yes, that the little dying boy makes in this episode of The Simpsons. Bart the Owl. Sure, yes. Bart the Owl. Bart who knows what a peptic ulcer is, but cannot pass this multiple choice history question. (sighs) Test. Yeah. Uh, What else have I got in my notes here? Okay. (coughs) So we've talked in the past about time travel in these episodes and the overarching influence of the nefarious Dr. Colossus. Nefarious. Now, while I was watching this episode, I started thinking about Martin Prince. Okay. it seems to me, and you're the expert on this, so I expect you to be able to talk about this at length, but it seems to me like a distinct possibility that Dr. Colossus is actually a time-traveling Martin Prince. Elaborate on this. Dr. Colossus is a time-traveling Martin Prince. It certainly seems like a possibility. He's he's very smart. He's kind of angry. He learns to rebel in this episode when Bart sort of coaches him on how to be cooler. Huh. He is obviously well-versed in science. Huh. He Do you doesn't think... have friends. think he might be Colossus. Do you think at some point Martin Prince was perhaps working on... So, sorry, I've, I've just seen a thing at the bottom of the computer screen that we're looking at that says... Disk space remains for recording 360 hours and 59 minutes. So strap yourselves in, listener. We're in for a long one. Um, do you think Martin Prince was aiming to do some like revolutionary uh, science thing? Maybe he was creating some kind of love potion to try and you know make himself more more popular, and then it exploded and turned his skin green, and then at that point he became even more of an outcast and had to go to um you know set up his own lair where he started doing things to try and get back at all the people that have wronged him and it was at that point plus time travel that i can't elaborate on any further at this current stage well we do know from the later episode lisa's wedding that at some point Mun is thought to be dead in a lab explosion but is actually living underground wearing a phantom of the opera mask playing an organ Maybe after he's I'm, done with that period of his life. I'm not familiar with that because at this stage I've only seen up to episode one, season two of The Simpsons. Nick, have you never seen The Simpsons before? 
Wait, what? What is The Simpsons? No, I know what The Simpsons is. I've seen it before. I was doing a joke because we're only up to episode oh, one, season oh, two. Okay, okay. It was meant to be a bit of a hardy ha ha. Do you know who Sherlock Holmes is? Who is Sherlock Holmes? I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but yes, there's uh, he's underground. He's the Phantom of the the Opera, more like Phantom of the Nopra, if you ask me. But anyway, he gets out. He becomes Colossus. And uh, he's, I don't know, it's a theory. It's a working theory. The only thing that I'm not sure about, there would need to be an incident in Prince's future life. Mm. Not Prince's, in Martin Prince's future life. um, Which turned him against everyone and evil. Because I think Martin Prince sees the good in everyone. I think in this episode we see the origin of that, where Bart explains to him that he is not popular. And that people do not like who he is naturally, who he reverts back to after this episode's brief flirtation with Rebellion. Yeah. So Martin is now going forward with the knowledge that he is not well liked. Hmm. So, just something to think about. It's, I mean, it's definitely something to think about. Bart talks to God in this episode and says, God, I don't want to do a test tomorrow. Help me out. Yeah. God makes it rain, snow, and a snow day is declared. And uh, here's the thing. A snow day typically means there's so much snow out that it is impossible to go to work or school, whatever. In this episode, snow day is declared. Everyone immediately runs outside and starts having a great time celebrating. Mm. This does not seem like a proper snow day to me. It just has been snowing. People can still get to work, obviously. They can get to the park and fucking ice skate. These are not proper snow day conditions. No, that's an interesting point. So, I mean, if I was going to take the side of a god apologist... Yes. I would say that, well, they wanted... He wanted... He, she, it wanted enough snow to... So that KBBL could declare it a snow day... Who, who knew that they that the local radio station was the authority in this, <laughs> um, but not enough to put people's lives in peril. But I feel like, you know, if you're going to save a kid from having to do a test, you're going to have to kill a few people. That would have been a great end to the episode if somebody you... had died <laughs> and Bart had to reckon with that in his death dream state. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, you do always say... You know, in your role as a teacher. Yes. Little Timmy, if you don't want to take the test, that's fine. Yeah. But you will have to kill someone. I do call my adult students Little Timmy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're weird like that. Yeah. Um, But I've got a note here saying, and once again, this is one of the notes that I've written as a question, assuming that you'll know the answer. Sure. Saying, is this the first evidence of the Simpsons having a very Old Testament interactive call and response type of god i think it might be i think there is definitely in the earlier seasons a much stronger presence and confirmation of an existent god within the simpsons universe and and not only an existent god but specifically like an old school you ask and shall receive as opposed to the new testament slightly more mysterious don't test him even jumping ahead to the next episode there is a scene of homer praying for something that then immediately happens in the next scene 
Yeah. Which we'll get into. Or maybe we won't. It was his hair, just in case we don't. But anyway. Yeah, but I'd put that down to the chemicals, not God. Unless, oh, wouldn't that be an interesting wrinkle on that whole episode? If the chemical actually did nothing and it was just the Old Testament God <laughs> giving him and some other guy hair. That benevolent bastard. Yes. This is also Bart says cowabunga as he's about to run outside. And I mm. enjoy the lack of irony around the use of the wood cowabunga. Yeah, in, in, these early in the early episodes. Just yeah. this idea that this is something a mischievous, rambunctious child would actually say. Yeah. As he runs out, sled in hand. The sled? Rosebud. So when Bud's dying and he whispers Rosebud, that's what that's about. Oh, it's yeah. a reference to a movie. Yeah. Hang on, wait. Let me see if I can remember which one. Uh, by remember, I mean have a stab in the dark with my basic general knowledge about movies. Oh boy. Um uh I actually feel like this is on the tip of my tongue. <clears throat> oh, this is gonna remain interesting for maybe twelve more seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get it in twelve seconds. Give me the first word. Uh it's Rosebud, that's the first word of the movie. Wow, I was never gonna get that. Well, that's the first thing he says in the movie, but the first oh. word in the title oh, sorry, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, was- sorry, first word of the title of the movie. Okay, I'll, I'll look. I'll give you a little clue. This is going to be pretty abstract, but I think you'll be able to get it. Maybe uh, I'm going to go for a walk. I, a citizen of this uh, this great land, oh. I'll grab my cane and I'll use that to go for the walk. <laughs> I, the citizen, need to use my cane to go for a walk in this, the town of Casablanca. Oh, um, American werewolves in London. No. <laughs> It was American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> it was Parisian canes in Casablanca at a market. They were cheap. Yes. But uh, what else have I got in my notes here? He has a very nicely animated dream about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yes. Uh, he eventually passes his test because he remembers something that happened in 1754. Yeah. And recites that in a very strange scene to his teacher. Uh, he and the teacher make out. He runs out, uh, yells about how he just kissed the teacher. And then the scene, the episode ends with them pinning Bart's D minus to the fridge and Bart telling Homer that part of that D minus belongs to God, which mm. frankly irritated me more than mm. an old cartoon should. Yeah. Because. They go through this whole process of showing that Bart is really fucking struggling. Yeah. Nobody's helping him properly. He's all on his own. Yep. By some miracle, like a literal god sort of takes a brief interest in him, but he did all the work. He did all the work. To get that D minus. Did all the work. And even then, he can't he can't take credit for his own achievements. No. And there you have one of the main reasons that I ended up turning my back on all organized religion, but specifically Christianity was the one that I walked because away from. Because of this from. one specific episode of The Simpsons? Well, no, but because... Yes. Because <laughs> of this one specific episode yes. of The Simpsons. Um, because what we didn't see, what, well, what we haven't talked about, is the scene where, you know, a child gets hit by a truck and doctors work around the clock to save the child, mm-hmm. and then the the children's the child's parents say, "Oh my God, little Timmy's alive, survived." Yep. Thank God, little Timmy, for that. my student. Yeah, your student, little Timmy. Did you know he was hit by a truck when he was younger? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great take. Great take. Um, 
Uh, so yes, Timmy's in the hospital. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, but then he survives, and the doctors work around the clock, and the parents turn around and say, "Thank God that Timmy survived." It's like, no, the doctors did all the work. Hmm. Doctors did all the work, and then you get the people saying, "Oh well, their hands were being guided." No, that's not how it works. And then it's not all like that snow came down, and the surgeon couldn't even make it to the hospital. But but you know, managed to pass his test. Was the hospital declared shut by KBBL? I only listen to KBBL when they're offering to give me something stupid. Ah, uh, yeah. KBBL is going to give me So I feel like uh, we've danced around this a bit, but this episode was actually really good, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And it is a... The jump between quality in season one and two is even more pronounced than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's pretty outstanding, isn't it? And I, uh, I suppose that's really all we need to say about the quality of The Simpsons, because people know... That The Simpsons is good. I'm pretty sure that has been uh, accepted by society as a whole. Yep, I think that is part of the uh, cultural Season 2, episode 2, Simpson and Delilah. Yep. Question. We have watched several episodes of The Simpsons now. Sure. This is the first time that I've considered asking this, and it relates to the opening credits, which is why I find it odd. Do you ever honk your horn? Do I ever honk my horn? When driving. I I can't honk my... I feel really weird about honking my horn. So do I. I feel like it just seems like such an aggressive thing to do. And I never think about honking my horn until the moment has well and truly passed. Like, two days later, I'm like, fuck, I should have honked that guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's always a oh. very delayed reaction. Ah, like, oh, that was an option available to me. And yet, not only does Marge honk her horn, yep. but she does it gleefully. She's a big, dumb smile on her face, fucking bashing away at the steering wheel. Well, maybe she'd just driven past her Edna Krabappel holding a sign saying, Honk if you love cookies. Or a cinema that was showing the movie Honk if you're horny. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it could be either of those These are all things that happened in uh, the television show. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. Yep, as part of the extended death dream that is the... (laughs) The yes. show from uh, some early point to the end. So that was my question about the opening credits. So in this episode, uh, Homer Simpson, he puts on some Demoxinil and he gets a lot of uh, hair. His hair grows really long, just like Samson in the Bible. He thinks all the power is in his hair. He thinks all the power is in his hair. However, at the end, he finds out that the real power was inside him all along. Oh. No, I'm full of shit. It, it was in his hair. He loses his job. Yeah, and everything was, falls apart. He needed was, that hair. It was in his hair. As a bald man, he's nothing. He's nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, I've got a time travel uh, slash... Well, actually, no, sorry. I've, I've still got to find a name for this one, because this isn't specifically time travel so much as it is parallel universes. Go on. You know my parallel universe theory that I've had before about mm. there are old and young version of Simpsons characters existing in The Simpsons at the same time? Sure, yes. Which would explain Colossus again, yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Database slash database yep. is the hair guy. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, they have the same face model and the same glasses. It's just that the hair guy, curiously, the hair guy's going bald. Oh, you mean the guy who has all the hair running around? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean the guy that sells home with the tonic. Oh, okay. Because you say the hair guy, that could be like four different oh, characters yeah. in this episode. Yeah. You fine. mean the guy who works for Demoxanil? Yeah, the Demoxanil. Who guy. is balding who and is, is balding. not using his own product. Not a very good ad, but he is database. Because think about it. 
He's a guy who is smart and he's dressed like a doctor despite working as a salesman. Yeah. Um, which seems like about the right level of um, uh, competency that database would possess. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's definitely him. Yeah, apparently Tomorrow. Matt Groening uh, requested the database feature in the show less often because he fucking hates his voice. He just cannot tolerate it. Yeah, it's a real annoying voice. And it's moving towards us at an alarming speed is not even close to how irritating the actual voice is. Uh, I'm not going to do it. No. But um, Homer puts on this Demoxanil, which he gets on the company insurance, because uh, that's a whole subplot that's probably not interesting enough to really talk about that much. And he grows... Where did you get another pen? You just dropped a pen on the ground. Or was that- hey. Yeah, that was you. I'm not. I'm not over here dropping multiple pens. But you're secreting is ex- anyway. Sec- Homer grows Skip over that. overnight. He grows about nine months of hair growth. Yeah. Look, as someone that used to have hair, like I used to have very long hair, right? Yeah. My hair went halfway down my back, and I have a standard sized back. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid joke. I'm going to give myself a clean run in case we decide to edit that out later. Oh, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So, I used to have very long hair. I And Homer's got, like, shoulder-length hair overnight. Yes. Shoulder-length hair takes about, for me, took about 12 or 15 months to get to. That is an alarmingly high rate of hair. Mm. And you know what would happen after three nights of using this this tonic, this cream, this gel, this liquid, this whatever it is. Your you would skin be, would be noticeably flakier. Probably you would be tripping over your hair. You'd probably be sleeping for three hours a night. After a week, you would be able to rest in a hammock made of your own hair. You'd be pissing too much. Have you read the side effects label? I, I mean... They need to update this to 4K before I can really do that. Oh, well, I hear Matt that. Granny, give us 4K, bro. Give us 4K, bro, on season two. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've just got my only note for this one says he grew a lot of hair. <laughs> That's your only note for this one? That he grew a lot of hair? Oh, I know. Mean, the basic plot of this episode is that Homer grows a bunch of hair. Suddenly he's very successful. Oh. A man named Carl comes along. They become friends. He works for him. Uh... Something I looked into while we were watching this episode. Yeah. Because I started to think, this episode really seems to think that if you go bald, your entire life collapses. And, you know, it's like a, sure. it's like receiving a love letter from Frank Booth. It means you're fucked forever. It's like receding a love letter from Frank Booth. Yep. Uh, I don't know why I felt the need to make that reference to the movie Blue Velvet, but it's out there now. Anyway... Uh, yes, he, once he goes bald, nobody respects him. Nobody likes bald people in this world. So I started to think, is the guy who wrote this episode bald? Oh, shit, is he? I looked him up, John Vitti, and- Can, can I was, guess? Sure. No. It seems like now he's starting to bald. Do you reckon he could see it coming? Do you reckon he's got, like, bald grandparents? <laughs> Possibly. Both of them. You think he's looking at his grandparents and they're bald and this is... Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to have to write me a Simpsons episode. Yeah, it was actually kind of... I I typed in his name, John Vitti and The Simpsons, and pictures of about five different people came up. Huh. So I searched and searched and I think I found him, but it seemed like current day him. 
And as far as I could tell, it's sort of like a bit of a horseshoe pattern, but not sure. so far back. Like, it doesn't look like George Costanza. It's just probably... Okay. I was going to indicate where it goes, but this is a audio podcast. <clears throat> audio medium. So, uh, probably like the top of his head, though, realistically. He's bald up to there, but he still has hair. Right. It's fairly curly. looks, you know, quite lush. Right. Unless this was a picture of somebody else, which is a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility. Uh, but yeah, he seems to really have some sort of issue with baldness. He does, doesn't he? So I don't know, maybe his uh maybe his wife left him for a man with more hair. Or maybe a man with a lot of hair, like uh stole his dog from him. And also And then that also, you know, maybe he wrote that dog stealing episode later down the track, who can say? Would you say that Barney is the least successful person in the Simpsons universe? Barney? I mean, he's a very successful drunk. He's very good at drinking. I mean He submitted that one film to the film festival. That is that is an admirable effort, but I suppose I was going for Barney is probably the person that I consider to be least successful. Sure. And he's got a full head of hair. I don't know. It just seemed like this one episode has yeah. a real bugbear. Yeah. About hairlessness. Yeah. Or at least I think that's what this episode is about because the DVD... Skipped around a lot in this episode. Oh, yeah, we lost about a third of the episode. Yeah, but, DVD um, skipping. you know, I'm sure we can remember what happened. We've we've seen this episode plenty of times. I think, uh, what is it? Like, uh, they go down to the Greyhound track and they see that one Greyhound that loses the race, but they want to take it home for Christmas anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, Homer has hair. And yeah. Then, um, and then Carl does the... Uh, Carl sits down with Santa's little helper and does the motivational speech, which features my favorite line, You smother yourself in bargain basement lime green polyester. Yeah. To, to Santa's little helper. Yeah. And Santa's little helper is like... Yeah, because he can talk in this one. And yeah. then um, Marge becomes a pretzel saleswoman, I believe. Yeah, I think and so. And her pretzels are used to kill Whitey Ford. Black day for baseball. Oh, the pages are gone. Yeah. Newman right. has her legs broke, and yes. uh, then the DVD sort of cut back in, and we're right at the end of the episode where Homer is delivering a speech mm. that Carl wrote, yes. and everyone says, this man is bald, he can go get fucked. Mm. You know who they should have got to deliver the speech? The singing telegram guy. <laughs> the singing telegram guy. He, I've got a note here say singing telegram, he really sells it. There's a... Uh, I mean, when, when he's on the screen... He seems to be doing quite well. But then there's a scene where Carl <laughs> rings up Homer. And while Carl is on the phone to Homer, you can hear just in the background the guy singing. But he stops singing coherently and it sounds like just an aggressive wailing noise. Mm. Like he is haunting that household and will be a burden on them for the rest of their days. Which, judging by your theories, mm. are numbered. Yes. If not already passed. That's a reference. That's a reference to them all being dead. In in, in your theory. What, what are you talking about? I never said that. Now, you know that theory that you have in every episode where, where you said that it was, it was, they died. Nick, the guy who had that theory died a hundred years ago tonight. What? What? hundred years ago? Yep, it was a hundred years ago today that Sergeant Pepper told the band 
That's not a fun joke. Uh, Jackal, you are making a hollow mockery of our morning podcast. Of our morning podcast? Who died? Ooh. I didn't. Okay, that was good. I just wanted to quote one of my favorite lines. So then I can... That finishes my notes for this episode. And I'm going to... Hang on. Put my book away. All right. Good. Uh, <laughs> Carl kisses Homer at one point, which was cut off by the DVD. But that's oh, in yeah. there. That's a bit of an odd thing. Just sort of floating in the background of this whole episode is that Carl is both gay and attracted to Homer. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I don't know, like, is the show trying to do anything with this? Or is it just a little character beat that they've thrown in? I don't think they try to do anything with it. Which actually, for, for like, early 90s writing, that actually seems fairly progressive to me. Yeah, to just have a character where just, like, the their gayness is just a detail of who they are rather than yeah, their yeah. defining feature. Yeah. As with almost every other gay character prominently featured on The Simpsons in the future. Yeah. Where they, you know, yeah, so that's interesting, that's something. Interesting wrinkle. Yep. Uh, Homer loses all his hair and then Burns tells him that he uh, he also has male pattern baldness. One thing about this episode is, when I watched this episode as a kid, I remember this distinctly, when Burns says that he's only 81. Yeah. My reading of that scene as a kid was, oh, so he's only 81, that's not particularly old. Okay, cool. And now I realize 81 is actually fucking appropriate for that level of decrepit, sure. decrepitness that Burns I'm, has. I'm surprised that he's still rocking up to work every day at the age of 81. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you had this, but when I was a kid, I thought that everyone lived to be about 100. And I, I hope I haven't already said this on the podcast. I don't uh, think you have. I thought that everyone lived to be about 100. Right. And it wasn't until... I reckon I would have been, like, in my teen years before I realized that was not the case. That's interesting. And it just sort of hit me, oh, fuck, life is much shorter than I thought it was. Yeah. People don't just live to be 100. Yeah. So, and then you know, the idea that 81... Mr. Burns presents as though, as though that's a fairly young age, mm. or younger than people would anticipate, younger than Homer thought he was. Mm. So in my head, watching this episode as a kid, I thought, oh yeah, 81, not that old. 81's yeah. pretty old. Yeah. Also, interesting that Homer, who is, what, 36? Is that what Homer is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, At this point in the show, then yeah, they, yeah. Homer's the only one they age up, as far as I know, in mm. the main family. Interesting. But Homer seems to have no... Um, way of telling 81 from 112 or whatever it is, he guesses Burns' age. 102, I think. 102. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference between those two numbers. Yeah. That's all. How big is that difference? 21. 21. Huh. The very age that Bart never makes it to. There's something in that. Why does Bart never make it to that age? Because the Simpsons don't age. And because he's dead. What? Anyway. Does anything else happen in this episode? I don't think so. I Although feel they... like, I don't know if this episode was uneventful or the fact that the DVD just cut out most of it. Well, <laughs> a... to put in context how much my DVD skipped, at one point I brought up the time code on the on the DVD because I was concerned about seeing how big the continuity jumps were. Mm. 
and it was at 12 minutes and the episode was 22 minutes long and you said, oh, cool, 10 minutes left. And then it skipped to 18 minutes with 22 <laughs> minutes left to go on the episode. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, that took out some time. Easy come, easy go. Homer doesn't actually look very good with hair. It's just a big fucking blob on his head. It doesn't really suit him in this episode. No, it doesn't. When he's got the, like, the long, like, John Farnham sort of... Oh, yeah, the story. John Farnham, you're the voice hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sort of suits him, but... uh. For the rest of the episode, it's just like an amorphous blob on top of his hair. It looks like a toupee. It does look like a toupee. Very blatantly. And to draw natural hair that looks like a toupee in the episode about Homer having natural hair is a very strange thing that they've done. Yeah. Although his hair does change a few times. He ends up with a ponytail at the end of it, if I recall correctly. And the guy they introduce as Carl. There's a Carl in the show already. Have they named him at this point? Has he been... Have they named oh. Lenny and Carl? Have they mentioned them? Because oh. I feel like that does not happen on this show. Characters usually get original names. Yeah, because at this point, they haven't even got that many names to deal with. Yeah. When does Carl first get named? Ah. Again, a thing we... I don't know. We've just watched all the episodes up to this one. I say we've just done it. We actually started recording this like six months ago. But still, let the fools have their tartar sauce. Let them. Yes. Which is another line in this episode. Uh, all right. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this one? I don't think so. Okay. So I searched for when does Carl first get named in The Simpsons? And it said, do you mean when does Carl first get naked in The Simpsons? <laughs> Okay, look up. Let's follow up on that one then. Oh wait, when does Carl first get naked? Yes, when does he first get Hang naked? On. Oh, Carl, oh. get naked. Sorry, I closed get that in I, your search terms. I close. <laughs> I closed the search window, and now I'm going to bring it back up again. Okay, Nick, have you read the Bible? Uh, large parts of it. Okay, because I'm wondering whether the story of Samson and Delilah is actually the story I think it is. Oh, or is there um, some extra little wrinkle or detail like there was with uh, Davy and Goliath? <laughs> so, my understanding... Yeah. Oh, God, I need to go through a chart. Okay, I'm going to give you my understanding of the story while Wait, I... Wait, you've through. got a chart of Simpson nudity there? It's literally... It's called List of Nudity, and it's in chart form. Okay, cool. Um, Carl gets nude in uh, episode number 26, Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. Ah, there's a shower scene in that one, yeah, where they're talking about the big game. Yeah, the big game. God, if I wasted my life to such an extent that you tell me the episode Carl gets naked and I can immediately <laughs> tell you what the scene and is. you can immediately pin it. Um, Carl likes to call himself an urban Lenny. I feel like that's probably a one-off joke that is not reflective on the actual attitudes of Carl. Yeah. I'm having Carl Carlson. I'm having a quick look at the Wikipedia for Carl Carlson, and I find no uh, no list of when he was first named. Um, anyway, no, Samson and Delilah, in my understanding, mm. uh, Samson gets his strength through his hair, yeah. and then at one point, doesn't Delilah cut the hair off because she's sick of it? Yeah. Is that your understanding too? Sure, yeah. And then he wakes up and he's like, where's my hair gone? Yeah. And she's like, I got rid of it, I did... And he's like, what'd you do that for? Okay, I'm getting very intense deja vu. We already discussed this on the podcast at some point. Samson and Delilah. Yeah. No, we did... Um, Have we been having conversations outside of this podcast? No, I refuse. Um, what 
on earth. Sorry, I'm now trying to talk to you and look up Samson and Delilah and it's doing my head in. Okay. Um, no, we haven't talked about Samson and Delilah. We talked about, um, uh, not Sodom and Gomorrah. What's the name of the thing that we talked about in like episode four? In episode four? It wasn't Sodom and Gomorrah and it wasn't Samson and Delilah. That really narrows it down. No, it was the, uh, the two tall salt gu- and vinegar. The, t- <laughs> the two tall guys that turned out not to be tall. Uh, David and Goliath? Yeah, fuck. Thank you. David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we've talked about Samson and Delilah. Okay. But I'll, I've got a, a summary here. This comes okay. from thoughtco.com by Mary Fairchild. Last updated a month ago. Okay. Which is weird. Um, when Samson fell for Delilah, a woman from the Valley of Sorek, S-O-R-E-K, it marked the beginning of his downfall and eventual demise. Uh, Samson was judge over Israel at the time and had been taking out great vengeance on the Philistines, but that's another story. Mary Fairchild, (laughs) you know, you rascal, you little rascal, you certainly know how to write a thing. Show full article. Um, uh, okay. The Philistine leaders wanted to capture Samson. They each offered Delilah a sum of money to collaborate with them in a scheme to uncover the secret of Samson's great strength. Uh, so we're seeing some definite parallels in this episode. Uh, yes. Homer gets a lot of money. Marge eventually kills him. Yep. Yes. Using, or if, do you want me to go through this with, I'll, I'll substitute Homer and Marge for Samson and Delilah? I mean, I guess Delilah would be Carl in this instance. Carl. Yes. Oh, okay, I'll do that. Okay. Uh Using her powers of seduction and deception, Carl persistently wore down Samson with We her should re- say his, his powers of... With his... Okay. Using his... Sorry, you're right. Using his powers of seduction and deception, Carl persistently wore down Homer with his repeated requests until Homer finally divulged the crucial information. Um, having taken the Nazarite vow at birth, that's interesting. There was an Australian, uh, an Adelaide-based screamo band in the late 2000s called Nazarite Vow. Okay, good. I didn't yeah. like them. Uh, Homer had been set apart to God. I don't know what that means. As part of that vow, his hair was never to be cut. When Homer told Carl that his strength would leave him if a razor were to be used on his head, what, like cutting his head off? My strength would leave me if my head was cut off with a razor. Uh, Carl cunningly crafted her plan with the Philistine his rulers. Plan. Yeah. His plan, sorry. While Homer slept on his lap, Carl called in a co-conspirator to shave off the seven braids of his hair. Okay. Subdued and weak, Samson was captured and then give the sentenced to hard labor in a Gaza prison is what's written here. Jeez, just how much of this episode did we miss from the DVD skipped? It really skipped around a lot, wasn't it? Yeah. All of this stuff about the the cunning seduction and eventual shaving wasn't in it, as far as we could see. Cunning seduction and eventual shaving is a wonderful term. Um, ooh, oh, I don't like this. Question for reflection. Okay. This is from Mary Fairchild. Okay, so this is about Simpson and Delilah, the episode we just watched, right? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Let's reflect. Spiritually speaking, Homer lost sight of his calling from God Mm. and gave up his greatest gift, his amazing physical strength, to please the woman who has captured his affections. 
Or man in this case. Yes. Yep. Or, or man, sorry. Uh, yes. In the end, it cost him his physical sight, his freedom, his dignity. Yep. Gave him a pain in his arm and <laughs> tightness. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, listeners, I wish you could have seen the look on Jacob's face just then. So, wait a minute. Are you saying that he got Amoria from Bart? <laughs> <laughs> the very condition that Bart was either faking or actually had in the previous episode? Oh, oh your eyebrows hit the ceiling then. That was wonderful. Oh, my um, God. I hope we talked about that adequately to convey the, the n- majesty of... No doubt, as he sat in his prison, blind and zapped of his strength, Samson felt like a failure. So the question for reflection is, do you feel like a complete failure? Wait a minute. So the plot of Samson and Delilah actually matches up to Bart gets an F, as opposed to the following episode, Simpson and Delilah. (laughs) That's wonderful. What the fuck? How did that happen? (laughs) That's my favorite thing that's ever happened. Ah, shit. I mean, that seems like a perfect point to end it. <laughs> yep. Uh, we are Key Springfield on Twitter. Yep. Um, we are also, um, well, I'm Nick Ivis. You are Jekyll. Yep. J-I-C-K-L-E. Uh, thanks for listening. See you later. And uh, Wizzle Wazzle, etc. I can never remember what line I do for this. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night to all. If anybody wants me, I'll be in my room. In the den. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, what what are you doing? Under what circumstances would they require a 10-year-old child to repeat the fourth grade? Repeat the fourth grade. Repeat the fourth grade. Nick, you alright? Repeat the fourth grade. Repeat the fourth grade. Nick! Yes? Uh, what's, what, are you, what are you doing over there? Oh, sorry, I was just doing the thing where you repeat the fourth grade. Repeat the fourth grade. Repeat the fourth grade. Alright, good, now we've got a sting.